condition. Some days I was feeling good, other days I was really physically sick. Sometimes I had money, sometimes I had no money. Sometimes my fairy princess, like 10 minutes before the meeting was started, broke up with me outside on a bench. Other times I had done something bad that day to somebody, so that should have exiled me from the possibility of being available. And all of these different circumstances and conditions, mentally, emotionally, and physically, and circumstantially, that we can get into, a lot of them were very, a lot of variation in all those 19 years. And uh, yet, if I was willing to walk in that room and sit down and, uh, and open up to the possibility of sharing something with people, something happened, like a thousand percent of the time. Every Monday night, no matter, no matter what my condition was, no matter what was going on in my life. And uh, it was sort of like the message was much more important than the messenger. The message's desire to get out or to express or to extend was much more important than any of the considerations of what you would call the messenger. Yep. And I had incredible intimate demonstration of that because I did it for 19 years every Monday night. And based on a lot of different... And actually, I would say the strongest condition that could have prohibited me from doing it was thinking I had done something bad to someone that day. The physical ones, yeah, yeah. But the sense of being the doer, that I shouldn't have done something, let's say, morally to somebody, usually would exile me from the possibility. But I still had the commitment, so I went in there, I sat down, and something happened, you know? And it was sort of like the feeling of it was, or the, the sense of it was, that there was like this hose, which is this possibility, and then there was this water flowing through it. Yeah. Now, the water wasn't a finite source, it was always like a giant reservoir, but when the possibility arose for it to flow through, it, flow, it flew, flowed through. And while flowing through, though it wasn't its intention, it would clean the hose out also. Yeah? But it had no intention of that, I don't believe. Its intention was to just bring up about a possibility out here where there didn't seem to be a possibility. And you could tell that there wasn't a possibility because of the suffering that was the dominant state. Yeah. People were freaking unhappy. They, were, they, they, they couldn't locate themselves where they were. They weren't, what's not happening? They were being d directed and defined and formed by all of these mental states arising and departing and all of these stories about the past and these worries about a future. And so, obviously, there was a need for some kind of relief. Yeah? And so that hose sitting there was going to be the conduit of that relief. Therefore, the relief came through. While it's coming through, the hose also gets cleaned out. Just like you've ever seen water moving through uh, something, it cleans whatever it's moving through out while it's moving through it. Yeah? The crud can't build up in the hose if it's used every day. Just the way it goes. Yeah? The crud can't build up. And so this, so in a way, this possibility, which was being defined by a lot, a lot of laws of physicality, I'm this, of this thing called time, of limitation, of unbelievable definitions, that sort of had, a, had attempted to box in something that can't be defined, that can't be limited, that can't be dictated by circumstances and situations. And it was sort of like something that appeared later to try to perceive what was always so. Yeah? In other words, something that's appearing later is, are your conditions and your mental experiences and emotional states, they're appearing after the fact of the condition that's prior to it all. Yeah? And it's amazing how this heist has occurred where the value of what's so has been lost and been eclipsed in a sense through our experiences here about, of the value of what's not so based on what, where the mind's putting its interest and attention. Now, in a sense, the mind put its interest and attention in this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a special someone who can find something else, something that someone else doesn't have, and who can lose something that someone else once had, and all like all of these special qualities that we seem to have, that getting in, obsessed with that to a point where it becomes an identification as that, as soon as that occurs, 
if you get tired of the system, if you feel like you'd like relief from the system, the only way you can look for relief from the system is as the system. Because the identification has already been set like concrete, you know? It's like maybe you were just playing around and there was this soft little material and you put your hand in there. Yeah. But then it solidifies and now every day you walk by, you see that hand with the year 1983 underneath it, yeah? You're constantly being remembered and defined by that moment because it's now set in cement. That's the way the selfing is occurring. It's defining us as a location and even when mental winds and other modalities of mind come and express to us, just like how could a true down-and-out junkie addict become a quote-unquote AA saint? It's an impossibility. If it was a true junkie addict, that would be its nature. Yeah? Even in the saintliness, it would show that addiction. But the fact is, you're not that, you were not, you were not the addict, and you're not the recovered person in a way. These are just possibilities that are being entertained by a free-form, free-range mind. Yeah? So here, let's say you're in self-centeredness. We're, we're locked in this, and this, isn't, this is just a schematic, just as a visual. We're locked in this self-centeredness, and then all these other possibilities of mind are now outside the realm of possibility. And this isn't even a circle. It's more like a square. It's like a frame. Where everything else that's surrounding it is circular. This is like a frame. Yeah? Like a a distinct, very defined, conceptualized view called self-centeredness. And the mind, in a sense, it's like, here's the mind almost like a marathon runner that that now has been sequestered into a closet. Yeah? Now, it's all, it's going to have races all day, but every race is going to be pretty damn fucking the same old, same old. And what the mind comes up with is making different scenery, so it looks like it's a different lap, but it's the same old, same old after a while. And you know it's the same old, same old. So you have a real dis-ease in here. Yeah? And so that promotes what? A wanting to escape, which is a natural response, yeah? If a big bug landed on my arm right now, the first thing I would do is knock it off. Yeah? And even if I studied it and knew the bug was okay and very benevolent, if it landed on me, I'd knock it off too. That first reaction would just be, get that fucking thing off me. Yeah? But in this way, here's this huge possibility of mind, and then there's this mental parasite, an abstract idea of mind called alcoholism, if you want to call it, or self-centeredness. It's the same disease. Alcoholism is just an extreme subdivision of self-centeredness. Yeah? So the idea of the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate self becomes the dominant foundation, and you're suffering the irritability, restlessness, and that discomfort, and you want to get out, which it seems like it's a natural thing to do, but you don't realize the formulation of this bondage is identification as. Yeah. It's not like something like a place was driving you crazy so you could leave the place, yeah? Let's say it was Iowa. So Iowa was driving me freaking crazy. I know it was Iowa. I really so, I'm specifically clear it's Iowa, so I move away from Iowa, and you would expect relief, yeah? But in this case, a lot of us, we learn about self, and we're trying to get out of self, but we're trying to get out of self as a self. So, you're trying to get out of the system, and the center of the system is identification as, yeah? If you if you identified as that self, now you're trying to get out of what you call the self, that self can't get out of self, yeah? That's the dilemma all of us are running into, even in recovery. We hear about it all the time, self can't get out of self, and yet at that moment, we're hoping that bit of information will help self get out of self. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's happening. Every thought goes reverts back into the into the system of you're the thinker of it. It's like every time you fire, it, the gun doesn't it doesn't it just clicks and clicks and clicks. So this idea of self trying to get out of self is just another form of being in this self. When there's a surrender or a recognition or maybe 
the system exhausts, exhausts the mind so much by its futility and failure that the mind breaks out of that shell, yeah? then the mind, what does it do? It entertains a possibility of mind outside the frame. And that's why they say the problem has nothing to do with the solution. The solution is outside the problem. Yeah? The problem can't make contact with the solution. The problem is identification as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Identification as a doer of certain processes of the body, as like thinking, being believing you're the thinker of it. Yeah? You don't believe you're the digester of your food. You don't believe you're the, the one who's producing the synapses firing and sending messages to the muscles in the brain. That's, that would sound absurd, but you believe you're the thinker of thoughts. Yeah? And every time, <coughs> the, and then again, now the thoughts seem to be driving you crazy, but what allows that to occur and fester and find a petri dish to grow and manifest in a multitude of ways, perversions and weird fucking neuroses and all like that, the petri dish, yes, is feeling you're the thinker. That's the petri dish. That's what keeps mind in the frame of being the doer. That's what keeps mind beholden to its actions, either being proud about them or having shame and guilt about them. That's the glue. Yeah. The glue is identification as self. It didn't happen. It's happening. Yeah. It's a, it's a glue that has to be applied every moment. Yeah. And not every moment but every moment in time. The freedom is in every moment. Yeah? But when the moment becomes a mental moment, in other words, where you become the one who's in the life, when there's a sense of it's you that life's happening to, that's now a time moment. That's not the moment. The moment is at the point of conscious contact. Where we show up is the secondary point, which is a mental process. Oh, life's happening to me. Yeah? That's the point of view I live under. I don't live under the point of view as life's happening. I see life's happening to me. I'm doing it or it's being done to me or somehow. Yes? That's not moment. That's a time moment. The freedom is right at the point where that's being developed because it takes time for the bondage of self to be applied because it's like a glue that has to be applied every, other, every, every mental moment. The freedom from the glue is the moment. To be conscious of the consciousness that's in contact. Yeah? Instead of being conscious of the thought that it's you that's in contact. Yeah? Once you're conscious that the consciousness is in contact, you will also be conscious of the thought saying that you're the one that's in contact. But you will now see it, not see from it. Yeah? The seeing will allow you to see that. When you're seeing from it, it's turned into a form of looking called self-centeredness. That's it. The seeing gets hijacked, now it's turned into a form of looking. It's still seeing, but it's now in an interpretive way. It's called looking. And every time you keep looking for the truth, you're never going to freaking find it. Because, of course, from the form of looking, you is the truth, the self, which is a falsehood, and then everything else gets objectified as something the self can either acquire or forget or dismiss, like God or the truth and stuff like that. As soon as you objectify what, not can, what cannot be objectified, you listen. You lose it. Yeah? You can't find it, no matter how much you look for it. You'll never find it. Have you? How much more evidence do you need? You want ten more years of not finding it to finally convince yourself? And what self would be convinced? The self that you're not? Yeah, it will never be convinced. It can only be convinced and unconvinced, convinced and unconvinced. <clears throat> you can't find a certainty there. You cannot rely on this. This is not going to come with you. It's not going to give you the affirmation you finally want. It's not going to stop. It's just a process. It's going to keep on processing. Yeah? There's going to be a couple of... It's sort of like you're going to be at a... You're going to be sitting at, do, at dinner and you're going to get the the meal fresh out of the oven and then you're going to get the, the, the uh, review of that meal. Yeah? The mental process is going to review the meal called your daily life and or you're going to be experiencing or really living the life that's happening. You, one or the other. They're both being served at the same time. Actually, one is being served now and the other one's being served in a mental now. 
Yeah? <clears throat> but when you're established as a long-lasting independent separate entity, because you are not that, you can only be established as that, seemingly. When you're established there, you're taking the mental meal to be the real meal. Why are we consuming so fucking much? Because we're hungry. We're not satisfied. <clears throat> the real the real meal has the nutrients we're looking for. The interpretive meal leaves something very lacking. It may come in a great box, but there's nothing, there's no nutrition in it. You know what I mean? It's all spent on advertising, not on the real meal. And from the secondary point of view, it tells you that I have this has to stop for you to be free. Yeah? You've got to learn how to tame this or learn how to live with it. How about realizing it's not so? You don't have to distinguish it then. You don't have to kill it. You're not in mortal combat with it. <laughs> You're just... The mind will lose interest in it. Yeah? And then it will break out of this false frame and now start accessing other modalities of mind. Yeah? I like to call them downloads. And I've had enough times in my life where downloads have exhibited that there is no one that's receiving them. There's just a possibility that they're moving through. <laughs> There's nobody home. <laughs> oh, I sent you a package. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, I gave you the message. No, I didn't. There's no one giving anyone any message. It's just a download happening. Yeah? If the grace is available, it's used. If you try to prepare for it, you'll miss it. Yeah? If I have to have a like a get ready, get set, go room, I've missed the whole point of it. Yeah? It has absolutely no need for the functioning except to function through. <laughs> this doesn't have to function it or try to function getting closer to it. It just has to be open to the possibility that this isn't a solid, inherent, organic thing that has its own qualities though nebulous is at best, you know, and I, I think mental experiences are my qualities or emotional experience or physical physical traits are, are what I am. You can't put a finger of who you are because there ain't anything there. We're just an occupation possibility. If you're in recovery and you've ever gone out, you know that it's like a possession. Something now takes the possibility you've offered. Your quote-unquote spiritual recognition has diminished. So a parasite comes and takes you over. You had 20 years, and now you're out there doing exactly what you were doing 20 years ago. Sitting in front of 7-Eleven, buying a pint of vodka, and isolating, not answering any calls, and stuff like that. And yet, for 20 years, you looked like you were a sound spiritual being. You are not a spiritual being at all. You're just a possibility of expression. Yeah? You know, sometimes how that craziness wants to express, it's like knocking on every door to get out. The same thing with the benevolence, in a way, if you want to call it that. Or even beyond the benevolence and, and other stuff. Something that the only, the only appropriate reaction or response to it is like a deep honoring. Because you have no idea, but you know it's not of this place, you know? And it's available. And how many more demonstrations do you need in your life? The dilemma is that second lock called self can't get out of self. A lot of people are attempting to proceed to what they think is the truth, but they're taking the problem with them the whole time, as them. Yeah? That's why the most some beautiful messages given time and enough minds to coagulate around it turns into a vicious machine that can provoke a lot of violence here. Yeah? Even though the message was so beautiful and sublime, as soon as it gets co-opted by the self-centeredness, it turns into what it always turns everything into. Yeah. So this was... I did that stuff, trying to move out of what I'm not in. It was very unsuccessful. Yeah. I moved somewhere else to move out of what I wasn't in. And it wouldn't work in Thailand. I moved to Australia to get out of what I wasn't in. It wouldn't work there. 
I come back here to get out of what I wasn't in. It wouldn't work here. And after a while, and after you keep applying self-centeredness to that experience, thinking it's your fault, your fault, your fault, of course, how could it not be your fault? You're the center of the universe. I must be doing something wrong. Finally, that fucking failed, and I realized, Jesus Christ, I can't get out of this thing, because how can I transcend an imaginary place? <laughs> it's just appearing to be so. It can't reach a culminating point where it actually becomes so. I've never seen anything that could hold its quality for a long investigation. Yeah? One day you're feeling good, something's not a problem. The next day you're feeling bad, it's a problem. The next day you're feeling good, it's not a problem. What the fuck is it? Is it a problem or isn't it a problem? Or does it have absolutely no qualities and it's lent its qualities by the mind that's observing it? Yeah? So if the mind, which is observing this experience, is observing it through self-centeredness, voila, this is what it comes up with. It comes up with the fact that this place is separation, that me, what I am, the possibly of all possibilities, is finds myself in an impossible situation. Me, the source of probably all love, now feels unloved. Me, yeah, this is what it can come up with. Look at what John Coltrane can do with one note. Yeah, you can say, "John, riff on something." All right, watch separation. All right, we'll just riff for days upon days and make incredible deep DVD or CDs out of it. Listen, what do you do? You don't think you're blind? All right. What would probably happen to me if I was a little less? No. <laughs> possibly happen to me if, if I wasn't long independent separate and oh what the hell <laughs> this this has seemed to be the same thing before and after yeah before identification as this all these other possibilities are happening suddenly this is still appearing but now there's not an identification of the possibilities what the fuck is going on are they stemming out of this or are they stemming through this Is this just like the brush expressing the artist's mind? Or is it the artist? Or is it the brush that's expressing the artist's mind? Like Michelangelo said when he did to David, he just started knocking the shit away from David in the stone. He wasn't, you know what I mean? That was mind expressing itself through the... Through the of Michelangelo as Michelangelo. The chisel of Michelangelo Yeah? The body called Michelangelo and the chill, chisel, chisel was no different. Mind was expressing. The whole thing was a tool. Yeah? It didn't stop here. Self-centeredness thinks this is, oh, there's the tool and there's me doing it. It's way, it's way prior to that. It's mind. Using all these little chisels, all these little things, yeah? Doing all its little work. Some br- brushing like doing like Chinese calligraphy, other broad strokes, whatever. Yeah, alcoholism is like a broad stroke painting of chaos and fucking despair, incomprehensible, pitiful demoralization, just affecting everyone around them. Then someone who's really quiet does the same thing every day in a temple. Let's say it's like a sublime brush. He sees the same bush, but every day it looks different. He smells a different smell from everything. He's walking around. He doesn't have to go anywhere. Everything is so alive. It's so different every day because his mind is alive. Yeah. So he has a. He's like a very brush painting. But there's no. There's no him. And then the brush. His mind and him and the brush are the vehicle. Yeah? Her, she and the brush is the vehicle. If the mind is totally obsessed with self and tends to go towards alcoholism, that vehicle is going to be a down-and-out junkie. All the qualities it's demonstrated when it was a kid are gone. The light in its eyes is finished. It's immoral, it's rat-like, it's a parasitical person, uh, personality. Suddenly something happens. An intervention occurs, a bottom is hit, the mind shifts, something cracks open, and then that person can start becoming helpful. And even its worst characteristics gets to be used to bring out the best characteristics in others. 
You don't see that as mind, some power that's beyond our comprehension, working through every one of us here, every freaking bug and insect and bird and the blowing of the wind. You don't hear the echo of the artist from the painting or the echo of the of the uh, the one who wrote the symphony from the that's the joy here. The joy is to sense and intimate what's moving through. Instead of having life start here and proceed from this false alpha and omega and then trying to rationalize and justify and philosophize about all the all the confusion this view produces and trying to make sense out of this gobbledygook, you know, and trying to find a way out of this place instead of realizing how did we find a way into this place? You know, through identification as self. I'm talking from the mind's point of view, not this. Through the identification of self, that was the rabbit hole. We went down. And then once you get in, the rabbit hole, you it's not leading you out anymore. Because the identification is in place, yeah? If the primary identification is an alcoholic, yeah? You go into Buddhism, you'll become a drunk Buddhist. You know, if you're a freaking sex predator, and you become, then you become into fundamental Christianity. You'll be a sex predator in Christianity. Yeah, you clothe it any way you want, but the fact the primary condition will be manifest. Brought to you by that first keyhole that opens you up into this panoramic fucking long linear tunnel called time and space yeah. <laughs> it's through the keyhole of self-centeredness yeah. if I'm not that which all of this relies on yeah, if I'm not all the meaning I've given everything relies on well, where the meaning's coming from if I'm not that then what's going to happen? I'm going to have to. I'm going to find out what's actually going on. I'm not going to know it. Yeah, I can hear it, even if I hear the most articulate description of it. It won't really make sense until I find out about it in my own experience. You know, by walking around entertaining possibilities. But when you find out about it, that's a concrete, very convincing understanding and knowledge. Yeah, that becomes sound enough to produce an immunity to falling to getting caught back into this this frame, this conceptual frame of self-centeredness. You'll start having immunity to it because the siren calls of this system is the thought system. The hearing how the what the thoughts imply. Like people saying to me, it sounds funny, but they're going, Oh Paul, you're growing your hair longer. I say actually I'm not, I'm just not cutting my hair. I have nothing to do with growing it longer. I'm not going home and pulling it out and I have oh I, Sunday's my day to grow my hair longer. I go in and hang it off of here. I'm not doing a damn fucking thing. I'm just not doing something. Yeah? I'm just not cutting it. It's not what it's like. You let the information in, let it percolate, and then you find out, and it'll be convincing, not because so-and-so Buddha said it, but because you intimate it. Yeah? Who are you going to be with you all day? You who he was probably back then. But you're going to be here, in a sense, yeah? That's where the solution lies. It's in you. Now, everyone in all these things can be different hoses for that same mind downloading. But it's the mind inherently right where you are that needs to be really recognized. That bell needs to be rung, yeah? So you can hear the echo of it in yourself during your own day. So you'll have a... It'll be like the solution will be always available at all times right where you are with no requirement necessary. That makes you very, very relaxed and relieved about the solution. If the solution is even two feet away from you, it's going to provoke anxiety from the mental condition that you can lose it. What did I do? I'm not there anymore. That's why I see some people, they want to rush right into quote-unquote spirituality, but they have no foundation in life. It's crazy. Just, the mind's just going to use that information to beat the hell out of themselves. You know what I mean? Way too much information. The mind's just going to have a field day comparing you with that idea when you can't even get you make your bed in the morning. You know what I mean? You're still getting loaded every day. 
getting loaded and reading Chuang Tzu isn't really appropriate. It doesn't work well, you know? You're not going to follow the Tao, you know, with 12 beers usually, you know? It's just like... <laughs> even Buddhism had the middle way. 12 beers ain't the middle way. It's sort of an extreme only one way, you know what I mean? It's just like... How are you gonna? How's the mind being embroiled, embroiled in all that? Like being glued to that flypaper, be able to sort of entertain the possibilities of open sky? It would just drive you crazy, even more. So once this occurs, it's always available. Right? So what happens? Maybe this this maybe humble invitation will be repeated. That's a, that's a valuable uh, quality. We need the repetition because the mind works with images, yes, and repetition. You can see how it's used in advertising and everything else. They don't spend billions of dollars trying to study how we are for nothing, you know. They know how to manipulate people. They know how to like target and all that research, and they figure pregnant women, who people who are pregnant, they they they're so busy they don't have time to go to all these different stores. So then they start selling produce right when you walk into Target, yeah. So that the people and they they and you thinking, oh, how did they come up with that idea? They've just been studying the fucking mind. Yeah? It's quite easy. It's very easy to see. Just like if you get the first, if you say the first thing on news is a lie, it becomes the truth to most people. And if you bring the truth in, it becomes a debate. And you can't win a debate with a lie and the, and the truth. The only way you can win is saying it's a lie. But if it's already been established, you get that emotional, the mind's into it. Yeah? It doesn't matter how many times it gets, it gets uh, denied, and all the facts, it, this, the emotional hit is, they're fucking with me, you know, whatever. Yeah? This is what happens. So here, you entertain these possibilities, the grace is there. You're willing to be a hose. It downloads because it wants to express itself. Yeah, just like self-centeredness wants to express itself. It wants to be special, right? And right mind wants to express itself. Other aspects of mind that aren't centered on self. It wants to express itself and will gladly choose you just like self-centeredness has chosen you. You're not a chosen one. It's just looking for any possibility to get out here and express. Yeah, It's not a form. So it can have, a, it can have an effect somewhere through us. Yeah. We're always being possessed, either by a higher form of vibration or a lower form of vibration. It's constantly going on. There's no established you to fight it on your off. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have very feel like Look at greed. Do you think a person's greedy or is they just expressing greed? They're expressing greed, yeah? People who are totally addicted to power. Look at what they do seemingly to other people. They're just being used by this mental wind called power. That's all. If they go home to their family, they're probably beautiful people. And then in the daytime, they're, they're ordering like 10,000 people getting killed. Yeah? That's what he used to flip out with. Adolf Eichmann, they read his diaries. He was killing like, overseeing like 50,000 people getting murdered every day. And he'd go home to his wife and two kids, play with them and and he voices love for them and the kids love them. You know what I mean? There's no monster. There's just monstering. And I'll tell you, a lot of stuff can come through this, this one portal of self-centeredness. And if you really gaze them, I don't think a lot of them are benevolent on a high level. They're not really demonstrating much compassion and empathy. It's more me, everything for me, and then basically fuck you quite a lot. But the same thing that's demonstrating those attributes will demonstrate the other attributes of other aspects of mind, just as easily, yeah? But the selfing, it's like the Old Testament God. It doesn't like any other gods before it, because it becomes identification as... And now it will allow you to seek for other gods, but it will be you who become the knower of those gods. And so you'll still be the bigger god. So in a way, you're never getting out of self because you could never have been in self. That was the weirdest back door I finally found. 
I was busily working to try to get out of something I wasn't in. When I realized I wasn't in it, then I had the experience of being out of it. Yeah? While I was trying to get out of it, I wasn't having the experience of being out of it. I was having the experience of trying to get out of it. <laughs> but when I gave up trying to get out of it, I had the experience of being out of it. And what that, that experience told me about being in it is that I cannot possibly be in it. That's what it told me. That was the download. When I had a strong enough experience of being out of it, that experience downloaded that I cannot possibly be in it. I'm not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. I don't know what I am, and I don't really care. I just know what will provoke certain possessions and will, will unprovoke other possessions. Yeah? And one of the great things to provoke this lovely uh, possession is to honor the lovely possession. <laughs> that seems to keep the flow going. Yeah? Produces an abstinence to the invitations of the self-centeredness, which is constantly inviting you through the thought system. Yeah? Every thought is laid as you're the doer, you're the haver, or it's all about you. The whole system, if you're listening to that all day, yeah, you're going to go into a trance. The mind is going to sort of fit itself around the circumstances and get really, really small in self-centeredness to seem really, really big. Yeah? It'll be really in a really, really small little world, but it'll be the biggest thing in it. Yeah? This is just another possibility. I entertained it, and it's been working. And the whole point is, if I said it worked, it wouldn't be good enough. It's working. It's a living verb. That's why it's good. Yeah. And if I didn't believe you could, if it was, if I didn't believe it wasn't a possibility for you, it would be, it would be insane for me to enter, to invite you to it. Really, I'd have to really look hard why I'd be doing it if I didn't believe it was available right where you are right now. So the entrance isn't the entrance to that is not an exiting from this. The real exiting from this is that you never enter it. That's my view. Yeah? If you entered it already, then all exits are other forms of entrances to me. I'm saying we never have been nor could we ever be a long-lasting independent separate entity. All we've been is the brush for many, many different mental artists, mind artists, let's say. When we were a kid, some very spontaneous, loving, imp-like thing was expressing through us. Yes? And we grew into introspection. A thought system started taking our attention and interest, and a mental parasite started to fly into our lives. And we got into the, this mind, all this, and not that, and we grew into this unbearability. We seeked relief from the system, but through the system, which caused us to become addicted to many, many things, keeping us bound to that system. Hopefully, some of us, it exhausted, it collapsed. We found a way of life that allowed us to entertain a possibility that just maybe I'm not that, and in the entertaining that possibility, we've gotten a sense of freedom from that. Yeah? These are all just different expressions of mind in this one s- s- you know, stretch of what you call time. Yeah? But the quality of mind inherently is just like this. It hasn't changed one bit. Everything's allowed to appear in it. We're actually appearing in this space. Everything's allowing to appear in it. Everything has its its big gesture and expression, but it's sort of like an etched sketch that leaves a lasting mark. And that's what our mind is truly like. And it's there. It's always here. It's always here because it's always there, in a sense. I find it's a great leavening agent to your day. That you'll get an immunity to the thought system. You won't be so easily saying aye-aye to its little navigations. You know? It gives you a little protocol and your destinations, and you say, but I've been to Fantasy Island many times. Oh, we're going, it's going to be different this time. <laughs> now do this and do that and do this and do that. No, I've been, no, 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 sign up. No, now we're being navigated by something else. Yeah? And find out, and I'll tell you, being touched by it for quite a while, your information will grow of 
something that's so beyond anything, the appropriate response is just deep honoring, you know, to tell you the truth. I mean, we have this, we have, we're sentient as this brush, so we can sense the artist moving through us, yeah? We can sense the, the creativity of those fingers that are moving us around. We can set, we can intimate it by the functioning of this faculty called being alive. We can intimate what's living through us. That's one of the great qualities of this brush. It's not like a stone or a tree. Maybe trees do have it too, but this has, we are, we're sentient. There's an awareness in us, yeah? So we, beca- we can be, instead of, we can become aware of of being moved instead of being unaware as the mover. Yeah. I mean, you may be special and really right a lot of times when you're the mover, but you're going to miss out on a real sweet quality of being alive, like uh, sensing what's moving through you. I mean, really, what's the greatest joy of the hose is when the water is moving through it. Yeah. It gives its all its, its purpose and everything else like that. And that's the only way you can get to know something that's so fluid and so verbing. You can't grab it and have it. You can only sense it moving through, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, how many different people have you been? What were you before? Now you're a spiritual seeker or something, right? I was Catholic kid from Long Island with an incredible, loving, super powerful Irish grandmother. <laughs> I think I drove my dog crazy. I loved it so much. They had to put it to rest. It used to bite people. It came near me. Then, it's very, very. Then that self-centeredness really kicked in. Six years old, went to school. How everything meant to me caused a real disease from 6 to 11, 6 to 12. Then I was dying for some relief. I didn't know what it was. I found it. I found beer, and that was what I was looking for. I didn't know that's what I was looking for, but what it did for me is what I was looking for. Of course, I pursued that like at great next speed. That wasn't enough quickly. I had to go into drugs wasn't enough just to snort drugs, I had to shoot drugs. wasn't enough to shoot drugs in my arm, I had to shoot it into my neck. wasn't enough, nothing was ever enough. Decide, you know, at the end when I'm 30s, I'm totally washed out. Just don't even have any hope that anything could ever change. Just trying to stay unconscious until I got arrested or went into another institution or died. Then one day, regular day at the office, just drinking with a guy I didn't know download occurred, froze my selfing, froze that aspect of that mental process which is producing the sense of self, froze it for about three minutes, had a clear recognition that something goes on when I'm not going on, information downloaded, made a phone call, ended up in an AA meeting the next day, been sober and clean now 25 years, in those 25 years, looked into some other possibilities, not leaving the foundation of what AA provided. It works really well for me. Found this information, found, did a lot of Buddhism and stuff, and then found this. This became my last answer uh, 13, 14 years ago. I was put in a position of can't have it, can't know it, but can entertain it. Yeah, And entertaining it in a way which is, the mind's one of its innate qualities here is entertaining. That's how this has seemed to be happening. So the mind, it's what you give it to entertain that's going to really make it. It's a form of expression, not that it's ability to entertain, because it's what gives it, what takes fruit is what it's entertaining through, you know, what vehicle. So I was entertaining a lot of mental hells and emotional hells and pitiful and comprehensible demoralization in this head through self-centeredness, you know, through addiction. That was freed, and now entertain these possibilities. Time stranglehold was loosened up. Uh, the partitioning of days, months, years, things from no thing got way looser. 
all the like the imaginary lines of everything got washed out. Things just seem to be a giant mural. Something just keeps on incessantly being on, seeking expression. Choose it through you or you or me or me or them. It doesn't matter. Leaf, look at this, everything. Get the sense of that happening all the time. The mental state refuses to put down its megaphone. He wants to keep shouting, I, me, my, all day. There's a sense of real compassion, in a sense, for it, because it can't help itself. It's like locked in its own little making. can't get out, because it can't get in, really. And then just start entertaining, sharing this message, and uh, watching people travel lighter over the years, feel relieved of the burden of self, really lead, relieved from the need to be liberated, which is the figure, I think. It's to live, all need for liberation kind of something, really. You don't need liberation at all. This is a time of expression. It's not about liberation from expression. This is expression. This is what manifestation is. Liberation is nothingness. Manifestation is expression, you know. So, <laughs> so that's how it goes. Yeah. Go to AA meetings, almost every meeting I ever go to, sense the presence of a loving power that's expressing itself through our group conscience, just like today. It's expressing itself by listening, it's expressing itself by talking, it's the same, same, it's the same mind doing it all. It's nice to be in on the inside joke, it really is. Loved them by my grandmother, but this is that's, this is this is like quantum. They were expressions of this, yeah. You know, yeah, so that's what happens. And uh, you know, you can find a lot of things to help you throughout this world. Hopefully, this just gives you nothing, leaves you with nothing, so that you got to really see that. Yeah, there are a lot of temporary needs, a lot of days. Like if you're having a rough day. Maybe a movie would be good. If you're having a hard time, maybe stop and sit near a water. Yeah? But those aren't... They're not going to lead you anywhere other than where you already are. Yeah? Just skillful means are necessary here. But the means aren't You are the end already. Using the means just to recognize it's endless. Yeah? That's all. So even the means get put down. And then you're used constantly in your life. But in uh, everyone's being used. But the sense of knowing what's using this possibility is just another great possibility this possibility has. <laughs> A sense of what's happening. And then you get a tan, too. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. You get a tan. People are going spending fifty bucks for a uh, suntan. We're getting satsang and a tan. Fucking unbelievable. It's very inclusive. It works on so many levels. That's the whole point. See, if you went shopping for yourself, you'd never find what you need. You never would. You got too many ideas. You'd come back with a lot of something, but it would all end up to be nothing. But if you give up and you just get into the nothing, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Seriously. You know? Really. Something will intimate what's what's essential. And you'll be drawn to it. That's what happens. You'll just see, all you are is like a almost like a tuning device, yeah? You you pick up things and then things vibrate and then they manifest through the tuning through this fork. The fork isn't anything of itself, yeah? being hit by mind and is making a vibration, that vibration takes form or expression here. The tuning fork isn't playing itself. The guitar isn't playing itself. The hose isn't, isn't, isn't the water. It's just it's facilitating the water to come through. This, the eye isn't seeing. Yeah? The ear isn't hearing. It facilitates seeing and hearing. But it's not seeing and hearing. Yeah? Something else is doing everything. 
And you and I can be in on that. We can have a humble recognition, a true humility of our position here. So when it wants to go somewhere, you go. It will spend your time, but it won't spend your time when it's held as my time. Yeah? If you're holding it as your time, my time, there's there's the resistance. But if it's just, you'll, you'll be better for it. Just like so many people in recovery, they do service, you know? The last thing you would have come up with is service, wasn't it? When you were out there? When I was shooting drugs, coke, I was thinking, I should do some service. And after this shot, I'm going to go to the soup kitchen. <laughs> it was the last thing that came into my head. Obviously, because I was talking, I had one download going on. Self-centeredness. That was it. Same download over and over and over again. We're just changing names and, well, Victoria will be nicer than Mary. So this relationship may work because it's not Mary. Okay. <laughs> but there's still Paul in every relationship. <laughs> That's the one constant I wasn't seeing. <laughs> Why things weren't working out because Paul was in every one of them. <laughs> 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 there is a solution I'm telling you seriously beyond what we beyond beyond how it's been entertained by most yeah. it comes to really close about it where it says the problem will now exist for you the only way a problem could not exist for you is if it never did exist actually seriously you just finally came to the right view. That's all. The right view is it doesn't exist for you. We were in the wrong view, so it seemed like a hopeless state of mind and body. But it was only seemingly so. The right view is it doesn't exist for you. Did it, how could it have ever existed if it doesn't exist now? Of course it never existed. The highest level anything can reach here is appearance. It can't become so. It needs you to make it seem so. That's our role here, yeah? We're playing a big role. The brush, the artist can't hit the canvas without the brush, you know? The brush is a big... We're playing a big role here. So, that's that, I think, today. Any questions?